Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the best app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. Their newest feature is called SeatGeek Marketplace. It's an easy way to sell tickets without getting hijacked by ridiculous after-the-sale costs. Go to SeatGeek.com BS to learn how to buy and sell tickets on SeatGeek. And don't forget to download the free SeatGeek app. Enter promo code BS and SeatGeek will send you $20 once you've made your first purchase. Today's episode is also brought to you by MeUndies.com, our friends who created great fitting underwear that happens to be two times softer than cotton. I'm wearing them right now. My favorite MeUndies uh, product is called the Men's French Terry Jogger, the most comfortable pair of jogging pants I've ever worn. My wife actually talks to them, has conversations with them because I don't think I've washed them yet. I actually think they can speak a language now, but I love them. Go to MeUndies.com slash BS and get 20% off your first order, as well as free shipping in North America. Let's talk some hoops and some football. Yeah. Yeah. Clear enough for you. House. <laughs> oh, yeah. Friday rolling. <laughs> um, would you have remembered to cover somebody during a Hail Mary or no? If you were, G- if you were in Jim Caldwell's job, would you have maybe covered one of the receivers or... It was really, really, really crazy watching that play uh, on repeat, how it looked like there was an even number of Detroit defenders and Green Bay receivers down there in the end zone. I mean, I I didn't uh, freeze the television to do the count, Yeah, but it was stunning. How how can there be an even number? What is the point of not – how can you not have 10 guys in the end zone? And why are all of the defenders clustered in one spot in the middle of the end zone versus like having maybe one guy in the five yard line in case Rogers can't get it far enough? Or what? It, well, that was amazing. And as they showed it in 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 slow replay, all four of the guys had their their backs turned as the ball was in the air. They all turn around slowly, and yeah. and then Rogers emerges from like the five yard line and just runs unabated uh, into the end zone, jumps up, catches the ball. What a game! I don't even think Jim Caldwell should have just been fired after that game. I actually think they should have put him in jail for like 24 hours on some fake charge and just made him sit in a cell and think about what happened. Well, criminal negligence? It was I mean, just unbelievable. Like, first of imagine, all. Imagine, imagine, imagine having money on that game. I was oh going to say, God. I think that was one of the most memorable gambling moments of the last 20 years. I mean, the Music City Miracle to me is still the number one greatest football gambling moment of uh, since I started gambling. But this one was was way up there. It was also, I think, the greatest Hail Mary catch I've ever seen. It was an awesome catch. It was awesome. It was like, I, even if there was nobody else on the field to catch that ball, it would have, would have been one of the 10 best catches of all time. He said he intended to catch it at, at its peak, and he really did. It was great. It was Equally uh, impressive was the throw, right? The throw was great. Um, he threw it, like, what, 65 yards? It actually made me think of, I think the greatest pass I've ever seen, and I actually saw this in person, was I think second down of Super Bowl forty six when Brady threw that Hail Mary to Moss and almost connected with him. And he yeah. threw it from the right hash mark, and Moss was running down the left hash mark. And I think the ball traveled like 78 yards in the air. And he did it effortlessly. Rodgers, like, he, he threw that one like 65, but I think he threw it high. He did. So the trajectory of it was probably like if you add everything up, it was probably like an 80-yard throw. If you, well, if they you... said uh, somebody observed on the broadcast that if they were playing in Dallas, he might have hit the scoreboard. 
That would have way that that would have been a great ending. Jim Caldwell Imagine would have that. figured out a way to get a penalty uh, against the Lions <laughs> on the scoreboard. But um, uh, it was incredible. There were four incredible ends, or maybe even five this week. We're at the point in the season where there's a lot of you know, uh, especially for if you're gambling, a, a lot of ways to hate yourself. Yeah, the Monday night was I always you know, hate the Monday myself. night outcome. Yeah, I I've right. I've learned to hate myself this season and. Mentally, I've packed it in until the playoffs. Yeah, just, I'm right there with you. There's been like 20 games this year that were just ridiculous endings or ridiculous non-covers or backdoor covers or Aaron Rodgers throwing a 65-yard Hail Mary at the, at the end of the game after a face mask that keeps thinking. Yeah. And I've somehow yeah. been on the losing end of like all 20 of those games. I don't know I how I feel I've the exact it. same way. I know I was 0 for 5 uh, on the ones of, of just over the past six days. I was on the wrong side of Pittsburgh, Seattle. Yeah, on I was the on the wrong side, side of that too. <laughs> wrong side of the Pats, Broncos. Yeah. Wrong side of Cleveland, Baltimore. Me too. <laughs> there was one. Oh, and definitely wrong side of uh, Monday night. Wrong side oh, of that. Monday night was Cleveland, Baltimore. Yeah, and then yeah, last night Lions. I had the Lions plus three. They're up yeah, twenty I had, to nothing. I had the. I had them too. They're, not only were they up twenty to nothing, but it was twenty three to twenty one. They're up. They're up by two. And even like if the Packers are going to somehow come back, it's going to be a field goal. But then, you know, it ends up being what it is, where it just comes down to a Hail Mary, which happens, what, once every three years? Right. Yep, loser. I lost on a – fortunately, I'm not betting on any of these games because I, I – well, I bet on a couple last Sunday. But I've, I've kind of learned like when it's not your year to, to steer clear and stay yeah. back, yeah. stay away. Right. But, uh, yeah, Sal and I had – we did this adjusted line teaser on Sunday with the Steelers to plus ten and a half and the and the Pats to plus three and a half. Oh. It, was, it was done. It was over. You were there. And then they they the Broncos scored an overtime touchdown. We had three those three straight night games were th- were three improbable covers. Like improbable. Improbable is the is the only way to describe it. An them. overtime touchdown and two touchdowns literally is the game's ending in a row. It, it does make one um, question their place uh, in, uh, on the planet and and in the universe when you're on the wrong side of all those. Yeah, well, it tells what me am that I doing it's not wrong? my year. Right. Um, I knew when when House caused the fumble in that Tennessee Jacksonville game. Somebody was telling me I need to get I need to get out. I'm out. Well, the good news is that Kirk Cousins is now like the fourth best quarterback in the league. He's it's, he's definitely in the top fifty percent. <laughs> Rogers Brady. That's dramatic progress. Rogers Brady is cousins third. No, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you? I know what you're doing, and I don't like it. It's is cousin. he even as good as Alex Smith? Would you rather have Kirk Cousins in 2015 or RG three three years ago? Oh come on, that's not even close. Yeah, at least this guy stays on the field. Why the, the the talent and what they they were able to do um, uh, in, in terms of the flexibility of the offense with RG three and that skill set it's not even close. You loved RG three. I loved RG three. Really tough was, times for you. That the Wizards fans booed John Wall the other night. What the hell? That was, Why are they booing it, it, John Wall? I, that's the dumbest thing. Now look, he. Go. he upgrade, upgrade your upgrade your Washington brethren. Tell them that wow. that's not okay. There are many, many, many things to be upset about. The, that that Lakers game, I'm still, I'm really, I was really mad for two days. I'm still sort of lingering mad. And the thing yeah. I'm most mad about before I get to the 
chastising. And, not, and it's tough to, to take Washington fans to task because there really isn't um, a, a uh, solid fan base here. Um, right. A lot of transplants, very beaten yeah. down, not a lot of happy yeah. times. Tons of people there to watch Kobe in that last game. Yeah. Like the, 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 it was 70 30. Um, for the Lakers and 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 like fifty of the seventy was just people there rooting for Kobe. But that's the SeatGeek era. The SeatGeek yeah, era. Yeah, the SeatGeek era. Our presenting sponsor. But this era where you can just go, if you're a fan of the other team, and the other team comes to town, you just buy tickets. And what's going to happen is every game that Kobe goes to, or every city that Kobe goes to, there's going to be forty percent laker fans there because of what the current environment is and how easy it is to get tickets anyway i interrupted you go well it's either going to be laker fans or or what was going on here kobe fans people that have uh, that like kobe and i don't i don't think necessarily care about the lakers um people that people that love one-on-one basketball and freezing out your teammates i'm sorry i had to quick quick tangent i'm gonna go on (laughs) that that's the most frustrating thing about tuesday night i mean the uh the 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 performance by by Kobe over the course of this season he is in in an all-time um uh unprecedented there's only like been one player that's had the combination of uh usage and terrible efficiency yeah. and interestingly um it was Mahmoud Al-Abdul-Rauf uh Chris Jackson back yeah. in um the early 90s I saw that the, the stat um Back on that one of those Denver teams where they were just yeah, telling him to shoot he, all the time. He was told exactly he's allowed to shoot whatever he wants, and he wasn't making them way back then. But you know the thing that's so frustrating is that it validates this Kobe madness. Yeah. How can he be playing 32 minutes a game and taking the shots that he takes? It's so disrespectful. He this, he um. It I, I couldn't figure out who he reminded me of, and then I finally figured it out. Just. And, you know, both you and I respect Kobe. We, I did a podcast about him on Wednesday. We talked about the Rappaport and Kang. Um, like, this has his career is his career. This last yeah. year ultimately isn't going to matter. I, I've just never watched anything like this in the NBA before where he goes 10 for 24. And people are like, Kobe came through. It's like he, he shot 10 for 24. We're celebrating this. But it reminds me of Kevin Hart in the celebrity game. Watching Kobe, where it's you're like, bitter. You're still bitter, right? He, you coached Kevin Hart in the celebrity game, didn't you? But you watched the celebrity game, and Kevin Hart just seems to have no understanding that he's not very good at basketball, and he's just he's like, I'm Kevin Hart. I'm just gonna drive and take shots, and and it's so great. you, it's great. you, you still Hart's take a, it personal. You still take it personal. That no, long. he's a nice guy. It's just like he <laughs> he lacked a fundamental understanding of how good he was in a basketball game. And that's what we're seeing now with Kobe, that he just doesn't care. He's- so I think I have, my, my theory now is um, that the organization, that Kobe and the organization together recognize that there is a very um, limited uh, shelf life for how long he's going to be able to play Yeah, because um, he's going to get hurt. So they are maximizing, you know, with the announcement of this retirement, they're going to get in as many games as they can, let him play these crazy 30, 32 minutes uh, a game and let him do whatever he wants. And, and that's going to be the thing until he gets hurt. And then he's, he's going to be out waving the fans from the sidelines. I, I, I wish I could say I agreed with you. It, it just doesn't make any sense otherwise. What, how, what other possible explanation could there be? 
I think we've entered territory that that just none of us foresaw coming. This is territory now. If this is a farewell tour slash going to see the Eagles in 2015 level experience for people where they're like, they don't care if he's good or bad. They're just rooting well, that, for him. And it's like the shots probably aren't going in. They don't care. It's the Washington crowd. He made a couple shots. He made a big three with like five minutes left and the crowd was fired up. It was like the Eagles coming out on stools and playing Hotel California when they're 65. Well, I thought the only analogy, the only analogy that's made sense to me that I've seen is Jeter, Jeter's farewell tour. Because he was he was so bad defensively that last season. I know, he but was, this would be like if Jeter was in the Yankee lineup, but he batted ten times instead of four. He just kept <laughs> supplanting some young up and coming shortstop who, you know, who was up in the lineup and was like, "No, Jeter's going to bat for you again." This is what he's doing to D'Angelo Russell. And then the other thing is, they have this team and they have Hibbert and Metta World Peace and Kobe, and they're actually like playing two of the three or three of the three sometimes. I think it's the most ingenious tanking thing I've ever seen in my life. It, it really is. Everyone, that, everyone credits Sam Hankey. This is way smarter than Sam Hankey. Like you're throwing those three guys out. This is genius. And not not just that, but like as long as they can get Kobe, keep Kobe healthy, which is not going to be long, playing him 30 minutes a game. I mean, the, the 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 sheer economics are through the roof, right? Every game now is a, is a sellout everywhere he goes. And that's why I think your theory is wrong. I think that this is a cash cow, and I don't it just think doesn't anyone make any sense. It's a cash cow. The tickets are. The, I was talking to uh, my friend Sully, who who you know my long the MVP of my wedding in two thousand three. We were we were so mad. We were saying like, first of all, we knew Kobe. This was going to be the last season. It was obvious from watching the first couple games. The move would have been to just buy up tickets in every city. Just oh, spend yeah. like get, just get like a hedge fund and get like buy five million dollars worth of tickets. <laughs> Or whatever it takes, just buy every buy up all the product because now it's like these Laker fans are are whatever city it is they're gonna or the Kobe fans whatever. But I get it because you know I don't. Who's the best athlete you ever rooted for? Uh, you never really had one, did you? Like, well, you never so, had like a great, great, great legendary athlete in Washington. Did he? Ovechkin is probably yeah he doesn't count the, sorry the closest but right I, I yeah, mean Storis, John Reagan is my favorite DC athlete. You never had like like I, when Bird was there in Boston the last two years, and he had the thirty pound back brace, and now all I remember is the games that he did well in, like when he put up forty nine against Portland or Game Six in the Cleveland series, and you just remember the fun ones, and there were a lot of terrible ones that I blocked out of my mind, but it was the same thing like. We knew it was ending, and it was Larry Bird, and it was our last chance. Forget, like, Larry Bird retired, and they had the ceremony for him where they retired his number, and there was no game. They sold it like it was a game with tickets, and 18,000 people came to the garden, whatever it was, 15,000. That's great. And it was a two-hour event to retire his jersey, and there was no game afterwards. It was just we everyone left after. So I get it. Like This is like yeah. the cult of Kobe as a superstar, right? This is what's going on here. I think he deserves it. I, you know, he 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 has a uh, uh, made a lasting impact. His um, his his career and his legacy was perfectly timed 
with the onset of a change in the overall media culture. Yeah. And he was perfectly positioned as as possibly the most selfish prick in the, with 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 extraordinary talent over the last 20 years because yeah. you know the the counterpoint is to to every Kobe move over the last 20 years is Tim Duncan. And how surprised are you and I going to be if, you know, it comes to be this summer and whatever happens with the Spurs and this season and everything? There just is an announcement that Tim's not coming back, and that's it. There's not, not a no farewell tour, right? No, you know, no, no big, uh, uh, you know, planned thing at the beginning of the season. Just, you know, I'm out. You left not out one part of this, though. Which is what? Tim Duncan's an alien. You can't. He might. He's going to play for forty more years. He's not a human being. Well, that's the other part of it. I mean, through the managed minutes and the quality of the the franchise, he he may very well play another two seasons. I think at some point, when like eight years from now, when Tim Duncan is still playing thirty minutes a game and putting up like a fifteen and ten, there's gonna that's when we're gonna realize that he's actually not a human being and he was an alien and that he's been living among us for the last twenty years and and it's gonna be a huge scandal. Well, still top ten all time NBA, Kobe top fifteen all time NBA. Kobe will never jump Tim Duncan. The, yeah, the, I have Kobe. Yeah, I have Duncan one spot ahead, but I I have Kobe now ahead of of West and Oscar because of uh, the the length of the career, and and he basically had his prime lasted from two thousand all the way through two thousand twelve, like a thirteen year prime. Yeah, which I heard we talked about this before. Chris Carter made this point about Brady. I like. I hate when other people make points I wish I had made, but he was talking about everybody, every great athlete is a prime, and the ones that are special are the ones that have the elongated prime. Sure. Kobe's elongated prime, and the fact that he was just able to stay on the court year after year, um, from a career standpoint, really makes him special. And the counter to that would be, well, he had a lot of advantages in his era that Jerry West didn't have. And if Jerry West had played starting in 1996 all the way through, maybe he would have played 20 years. So that's why it's so tough to compare careers. But Yeah, and, and over eras, of course. But still, Tim Duncan better. Yeah. I, well, and I also think it's got to matter that every player from his generation would have rather played with Duncan than Kobe. If you just, I think that does matter. Yeah. I, I just think, and maybe they'd lie about it. And Kobe seems to have a weird hold, especially over the under 30 guys who grew up watching him and they really respect him. There is a cult of personality thing that goes on a little bit with him where these guys are all, you know, um, Wojnarowski wrote this piece for Yahoo about Kobe. And it was the night he retired and it had this thing in there that was crazy. And I thought it was going to be a big deal just the way the internet works. And it just kind of came, came and went. Did you read that piece? It was like Sunday night. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to read it. It was called Why Kobe Bryant Decided It Was Time to Retire. Great great headline, by the way. Because <laughs> it tells you exactly what it what it's gonna be. Well that's what headlines are like now. We we talk about it as we're planning our next thing here. We always talk about our headlines have just changed. In the old days there was an art to headlines and there's ambiguity and now it's just like why Joe House likes to eat by Adrian oh. Rodraski. When you uh, when you talk about headlines <laughs> So here's, listen to this piece. Uh, back in 2008, oh, he's talking about how Brian could intimidate LeBron James in 2008. 
in on uh because he knew LeBron was coming and he's like, I gotta get in this guy's head in different ways. Only James was a different man in 2012, an NBA champion now, and had surpassed Bryant as the world's best player. Bryant could no longer mess with James and gain a competitive advantage come the NBA season. So he spent the summer imploring Westbrook that he couldn't let Durant win another NBA scoring title, trying to send him back to Oklahoma City with gunning on his mind. Kobe couldn't worry about the East anyway. He needed to get out of the West again. So he spent the summer of 2012 in Westbrook's ear saying how bad it would be if Durant won the scoring title again and how Westbrook needed to shoot more. That's what? just casually in there. What a great story. I love Kobe Bryant. We, we, what a competitor. That he's needs to be investigated. Yeah, we need a lot more. I need, I need uh, you know, 1,500 to, to 2,000 words on that. Yeah. How is that What's not a story this What's the relationship between those two? How is that possible? It's the greatest. It's he spent the whole summer. He's like, yeah, yeah. You know, Durant does shoot a lot, man. You could win the scoring title. I don't know why you so don't what? shoot more. And Russell Westbrook's like, yeah. Yeah, fuck Durant. I should shoot more. It's the best. Boy, I love boy. it. I love I, You know what's great about that is people don't do that in sports anymore. It's like the same reason we always talk about why doesn't somebody sign Enos Canner to try to fuck the, the Oklahoma City. And then Portland's like, you know what? Here's $70 million, Enos Canner. We dare Oklahoma City to match. Oklahoma City's like, damn it, we got to match this after the Harden thing. Now they're stuck with Enos Canner for $70 million. Congratulations. <laughs> Portland, they, I love that gamesmanship. So anyway, yeah, I, li- sure. I like that Kobe did that. I was excited. Good times. Well, look, uh, we went off on this Kobe tangent before I was about to gently upbraid the D.C. sports community. Oh, yeah, for- please do. Booing Do John some Wall. I, I honestly think what, what that moment was about was uh, the, the culmination of frustration with the stretch that the uh, D.C. professional basketball team has been in. And Wall's the most prominent um, feature there. And he himself has been playing terribly this year all the way up until the last three games. He um, kind of, after the no-show in Boston last week, yeah. he really bit, did pick it up and put it on himself and showed some great leadership. He had a great game against Toronto, except for the two missed free throws at the end that led to the uh, game-winning shot by Corey Joseph, which was un- unfortunate. Um, but he played very hard and had a great game against Cleveland, and he played awesome against the Lakers. But uh, the the WPs, the Washington professional basketball team, I mean, they're just kind of lost right now. That was the most frustrating loss, uh, I would say, of years, except for I'm frustrated every year by losses with this team. So, uh, But Tuesday night was just an unacceptable loss. You just cannot go beat Cleveland in Cleveland one night and come back the next night and lose to a team that's only won two games. It's just unacceptable. And the, the problem is... Uh, an effort problem, and that's why you you know mm. you have the hometown fans yeah. booing the hometown best player. Don't boo because... that, but don't do boo John Wall. Boo chant chant Randy Whitman's name, because well, that's the real problem here. Is that it reminds me uh, it's a lowercase version of in 2012 when OKC all of a sudden was in the finals, then they couldn't get rid of Scott Brooks for two more years, you know. And this last year with Washington. They do well, and now it's like, oh crap, we can't get rid of Whitman, and uh, uh, and they should have. Uh, 
I do think he's at his ceiling in terms of um, his ability to, to navigate with this team, but they have something more fundamental going on with this year's version, uh, and they're in real, real danger. Of, of it's, it's very crazy, and I understand and acknowledge how dumb it is to be talking about the playoffs the first week of December, yeah. but uh, they have 10 of their next 12 games are against teams with winning records, and uh, the two teams that they play that don't have winning records are – uh, the New Orleans, the Pelicans, and they played down there in New Orleans and and Houston. So uh, there, this stretch that's coming up could be make or break for the uh, Washington professional basketball team this season. And um, so you're I don't, seven you know, and nine for the people listening right now. They're the Wiz are seven and nine. The <laughs> Hawks right now are the eight seed at twelve and nine. And the dirty little secret about this NBA season is that the East is better than the West. Golden State's obviously Golden State and San Antonio are the two best teams in the league, but if you do the top fourteen, uh, the the East is better. The 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 teams would be stacked toward the East more than the West. They're like even, I watched uh, Indiana Clippers the other night, and this is we're going to talk about Steph Curry in a second, but um, you know there's been are. a lot of there's been a lot of losers from the Steph Curry slash Warriors um, onslaught. And yeah. the biggest loser is probably Paul George, who would be the biggest story in the league in any other season. The guy freaking broke his leg and it, and then came back last year and wasn't the same guy. And I was like, shit, this guy, you know, is a potential superstar. And now we're looking at he's entering that Derrick Rose. We're going to be talking about what could have been for the rest of his life. And then he's one of the best five players in the league now. So that was... You and I um, covered that point when we uh, did the over under pot. I think we both went over on Indy. I can't remember because of Paul George. Yeah, we were like because of Paul George betting on Paul George. That observation you just made—he was a top five player. We were talking about him as the MVP of the league two years ago. Yeah, you know he was easily one of the top three guys. He did cool off. Uh, He and Hibbert had their whatever issues they had (laughs) um, that led to to team chemistry. Issues, but or he, or he um, just cooled off. Who knows what happened? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Or he just cooled off. Um, but in in any event, this is the same. This is the guy we we saw two years ago. It's awesome that he's back. Um, but he's not just back. Like he's back, back. <laughs> it's like, it's. I, I, I this is. I honestly did not think for a moment watching. I watched quite a bit of that Pacers Clippers game from the beginning to the end. I did not think the Clippers were going to win. Yeah, they're they're so broken. That's all other story. But well, I, um, you know, they they were missing CP3, and then Reddick got hurt in the first possession of the game. So I understand. But, but well, how about uh, this? Hey, here's another here's another storyline nobody's talking about because it's just Curry, Curry, Curry Warriors, and it should be. But Paul George, Kawhi, who's made a leap, fifty percent from three. I, I think he's one of the top five players in the league. Now. Leading the league in yeah. in three point shooting percentage wise. Paul George, I'm Kawhi. so mad at you, by the way. Why? Because you talked me out of the fifty to one action on on Kawhi as no, MVP. Curry Curry won the MVP. It's over. Curry could get hit by a bus tomorrow. He's going to win the MVP <laughs> no, the no, first twenty don't, games. Don't let that happen. Yeah, not going to win. Um, so Kawhi, Paul George, a guy by the name of Kevin Durant, who's suddenly the fourth best player at his position right now. And yeah, LeBron James. Kevin Durant's the fourth best small forward in the league now. How does that make sense? I, I mean, and he might get hot tomorrow and jump it, but right now, if you're just ranking the guys off their first 20 games, Paul George, Kawhi, and LeBron have all been better than Kevin Durant. That is the deepest position we've ever had. It's spectacular. It's, it's, it's 
thoroughly enjoyable. Durant's in, the, in exactly the right place, by the way. We, uh, yeah. before the season started, wanted to see 20, 25 games out of him. He's, he's coming along. <laughs> I think he's playing pretty good. Well, he's played, they've played 19 games. And he's played 13 games. I just said I wanted to see him play for two straight months. We still haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah, uh, but he right. is averaging 28 a game with seven and a half rebounds and three and a half assists. And I mention that only because I think Kawhi and Paul George and LeBron have all been better. It's a shame that Billy Donovan couldn't figure out a way to get um, him on D-Wade instead of Deion Waiters last night. It's a shame that, that uh, Oklahoma City had the ball basically with the last shot. And ended up with a 27-foot three with a hand in the face. Go to the basket. And then Miami gets the ball, and the, and the TNT guys called this out correctly. Like, Wade went to the basket. He got a foul. He made free throws. Like, that's what you do at the end of the game. You don't fire up a 27-footer. It's true. It's crazy. But anyway. Uh, wait, why were we talking? Oh, we were talking about the Wiz. So the Hawks are 12-9. and nine. The Wiz are 7-9. and nine. Right now you have the Pistons and the and the Hornets. A ten and eight, Hornets are ten and eight. Pistons are ten and nine, and neither of them are even playoff teams. That's that right now. The, the the scary thing, I you know, I don't know who um, the Wiz can jump to get into that. You that might not eight. be. Yeah, you might not be a playoff that, team. Right. I I think that's right. So that's but this this December stretch is 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 really crucial for them. They have to write the ship now because. They have so many teams to, that they have to jump ahead of to get into the eight spot. And you have the Hawks at 12 and 9. It was funny. That was one of our, I mean, I was wrong on a lot of stuff on NBA over under pop, but one of my arguments with the Hawks was that everybody else was just going to get better and steal their wins. It seems like that's what's happening. I don't feel like the it, Hawks are any different than they were last year, but they're 12 and 9. Yeah, I still think, I still like better. them at, the, at 50. Um, I still like the Hawks. There's uh, there's not a lot of easy games in the East anymore. Like right now, the Wiz are the fourth worst team. Even if you play Milwaukee, like Milwaukee's not playing well. They're seven and twelve. They're gonna, you know, that's that's definitely a lottery team. But it's not not like a, a, a team that's gonna roll over. Like they have talent. No, no, they Milwaukee's scuffling. They 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 can play defense. It's un- unbelievable how much they miss Zaza. I mean, that's the, I think that really is the missing link for them. <clears throat> yeah. And we always like Zaza. So then you go to the West, and Utah is a seven seed right now at eight and nine. The Clippers have, are, I just think the Clippers have been awful, and they're ten and nine. The Clippers have, they play, uh, and they had to this last game with Chris Paul because he was out. They play the Austin Rivers Jamal Crawford backcourt in big moments. Just unbelievable. It's it's really unprecedented. It's it's two guys who who take into no consideration whatsoever that they might have teammates. It's just like I'll, get out I'll of my never way. Get I got over, this. I'll never get over the Austin Rivers thing. I I I I, I find it so short sighted and so ill conceived and uh, so ill suited for what this team is trying to do. The 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 fact they don't have a legitimate backup point guard. Is is we use criminal negligence or earlier? I I mean it's negligence bordering on criminal negligence. I don't know what Doc is doing. I I just don't understand it. I'm not saying he's a bad coach because he obviously has been a good coach over parts of his career. But if you're throwing out Blake Griffin in crunch time, Blake Griffin with DeAndre Jordan, who's offensively incompetent, Luke Mabamute who's offensively incompetent, 
And then Crawford and Rivers, who are averaging a combined like three assists a game. What kind of offensive movement are you expecting? And and Lance and John, Josh Smith can't get off the bench. I just, I'm really confused. We had a good Lance sighting, though, Monday. Yeah, I'm worried about your team, House. Oh, I'm wor- I'm I'm there and already. Something needs they- to happen. There, a coach or a trick. Trade something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Don't trade Bradley yeah. Beal, though. You're mad at Bradley Beal. Well, I, I I don't. You know, he's in a contract year. Um, he wants a max extension. And between injury, he's continued um, with the frailty that's still vulnerable to these little nagging injuries that have him missing a couple games here and there. But the the there's still a lack of aggressiveness that that's probably tied to confidence. That's probably tied to the the injury, the frailty, the vulnerability that doesn't have him out there going balls to the wall every single game, and it's just frustrating. He's the one that should have been punishing Kobe uh, Tuesday night, and it should have been a challenge to him to be defending Kobe Tuesday night. That, that, and, and I didn't see it on either side of the ball. It was a really lackadaisical, and that was Whitman's word for it, effort by him. Wow. He didn't call out Bradley Beal by by name or specifically, but it was a lackadaisical effort by Beal, and it frustrates me. I'm happy to trade for him. What do you want, Marcus Smart? <laughs> Boogie, I want Boogie. Oh, okay. I'm not. I don't want. I don't want anybody on Boston. Hey, House, you you've had a long and storied career of eating and drinking. This is true. I know you've had some incredible times at Dunkin' Donuts. Oh my gosh! It's the top top nine most important things that's ever been in your life. Dunkin' Donuts top thirteen. There were, it was a noteworthy moment when they, they arrived here uh, in, in Chocolate City, and now they're all over the place. And great development for, for my personal uh, enjoyment of life. They're now available by delivery. I can have Dunkin' oh. Donuts delivered to my house. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, Daddy. Uh, you know what I love about Dunkin' Donuts House? They're always thinking about ways to make their customers happy. Oh. You know what I mean? Like they, sure. They, they were the people... That invented the giant coffees. Remember when we were growing up, the coffees were in like those little cups, and then Dunkin' Donuts were like, "You know what? I think people might want a 512 ounce iced coffee. Let's make. We're gonna make those cups. We're gonna make cups of all sizes for you." Not only that, but the thing that was really um, ahead of, of the curve and ahead of its time was the customizing. Yeah. Oh, would you like two Splendas and one sugar and one shot of cream? Yeah. Happy to do that for you, Mr. House. Yeah, and they I, mix it right in there for you. Yeah, we think Steve Jobs always gets credit for Apple. They make movies, documentaries about Steve Jobs, how he pushed things. You never hear about Dunkin' Donuts. We were just drinking, Innovators. drinking coffee out of these 10-ounce cups. The stirrers were never the same size as the cups. You, you, nobody prepared it. All they did was blow that stuff out. Well, now they're doing it again because uh, it's my pleasure to tell you about the DD Perks loyalty program. It's how, it's how Dunkin' Donuts shows its appreciation to its loyal fans. Members earn points toward free beverage rewards. They get exclusive offers. They get great perks. They even get a free beverage on their birthday. Enroll right now and enjoy loyalty the Dunkin' way. Sign up at ddperks.com. Wait. Or by, or, or by downloading the Dunkin' Mobile app. Do you have the Dunkin' Mobile app house? Get that. No, I don't. Do, do you have a card? Is there a card? Yeah, you how get a you... card. You enroll. Oh. Uh, so, and do you get a little plastic DD card? I love having cards for my food and my drink. You really do. And you're loyal. That's how you show your loyalty. They're putting a Dunkin' Donuts in Hollywood and Vine, apparently. And I will have a DD Perks card. Uh, nice. But get a free beverage when you enroll. Use promo code BS when you sign up. 
participation may vary. You know, you know, I don't eat bread anymore, really. Yeah. I just don't. One of the things that I really enjoyed more than anything else in my entire life were those uh, the Dunkin' Donut, the egg bagel sandwich thingies they made. Yeah, I still, I uh, guess what? I still love bread, and I still get them. I get the the, the croissant, the egg and sausage, oh. cheese, uh, Dunkin' Donut croissant, and the giant coffee. I just. It's one of those things when I'm in a Dunkin' Donuts and I see somebody get the, the egg bagel thing or whatever, I just, I start to get the shakes. I just really miss it. <laughs> it's one of the few things I really miss about bread. Anyway, yeah. Dunkin' Donuts, ddperks.com. Uh, we love having them aboard. All right, I have some Steph Curry stats for you. Because okay. what we've seen this week, and we're going to get to NFL picks uh, after we do this, but um. We saw this. Everyone's struggling to put this whole Steph Curry thing in perspective and the Warriors. I mean, it's really like uncharted territory. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, there's no perspective. You can't yeah. put it in perspective. And you're seeing like, I read a piece about uh, Steph Curry's revolutionized the game because, and there's more, this is a wave, there's more coming. And he Steph Curry could score 50 points if he wanted to. Untrue, by the way. Um well, all these people they're looking at these crazy hard angles and I, I think people have lost perspective here. Like this is never this is not happening again. This is like a once in a lifetime thing. There's no next Steph Curry that's gonna follow him. This is it. This is the the things that he's doing have never been done in the NBA before and I'm guessing aren't gonna be done again. Nobody's gonna shoot like this. There's no next so guy in high school who's going to be like, oh, wow, he did everything Steph Curry did and took it to the next level. Like, this is it. This is the only time this is going to happen. That is one interesting uh, angle and impact, and not to relate everything back to the Wizards, but, um, you know, the, the pace and space, space and pace, uh, you know, uh, small ball movement that, that Golden State really has inspired across the league and that people properly uh, attribute to to. Uh, the Phoenix Spurs first. with the real yeah, the Spurs. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah. There's, Phoenix there's and the Spurs the real, for it. Yeah, the innovation of, of of that. But the thing is, for teams like uh, Washington that, that are are struggling with implementing it, the most important a- attribute that you need to have for any of this to work is guys that can make shots. It's right. guys that can make shots from three point range. Yeah, they, and, they, the Warriors have Steph Curry, who's the greatest shooter of all time. Even I'll admit that at this point. Sorry, Larry Legend. Um, and Clay Thompson's probably, I don't know, the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth best three point shooter I've ever seen in my life. Right. So they have two of the top ten best three point shooters I've ever seen in my life, including the best ever, and they're on the same team in a thirty team league. So and you start center, there. That's fucking impossible. You're not replicating that. Yeah, that's right. There. That's the point. That's the point to make. It's not replicable. It's not you replicable. Can, you, a and then B the Draymond Green thing. Yeah, he's literally the only guy in the league who can play small ball center slash power forward while also being able to shoot threes and playing a list defense and not caring if he shoots. Like, there's no other Draymond Green in the league. That's so right. when people are saying this is it, this is a wave of things to come. Yeah, it's going to be a wave of really bad imitations of this because nobody has these pieces. That's this, that's the point, right? This there. is a once exactly. in a lifetime thing. We're never going to see this again. Yeah, that, what we're seeing are, are bad imitations. Teams attempting to embrace some of these principles and not doing it well. Right, and San Antonio was able to do it, um, not nearly like this, but um, yeah, well, in their own way with their personnel. Yeah, but it was, yeah, it was more. 
it was more of the ball movement and just they had all these guys who were unbelievable passers. It wasn't they didn't have guys who could just take a step and shoot a twenty seven footer with a hand in their face and make it. It's they have crazy had, though, shots. Nice, they've had a nice string of, of efficiency from three point the the from the three point line the Spurs have. I yeah. mean you you go down. No, they've the always hole been and, good. Yeah, exactly. They've understood and how important it is to have that uh, weapon, and they've emphasized it for, it feels like, 10 years now. Golden State's the best team I've ever seen, ever, at just thriving when there's complete chaos. That's what they want. And it reminded me of uh, when, I saw the, when I saw the Blackhawks on Saturday night in person. The Blackhawks have kind of constructed their team a little bit like how the Warriors have it, where they want they want to be they want to kind of be fast breaking off missed shots and screw ups, and they always have a guy like in the middle of the ice or a guy. They're just always there's always a cherry picker, and they're always trying to get a two on one, and it's a little like how the Warriors play. The Warriors like want things to get a little messy because then all of a sudden Steph has the ball mid court, and oh oh that's my can you get oh he just made a twenty six footer. Well, and I think they have this incredible conversion rate of uh, making of made shots after an initial missed shot. Um, that's right. the other sort of aspect to that, other angle to it. Yeah, They're fine they... with rushing up, taking a crazy shot, missing that crazy shot, kick it right back out. Oh, now we knock it down. Right. They've mastered chaos. They've mastered they the the more unconstructed the game gets the better it is but fundamentally it's not replicable because nobody has anyone like Steph Curry nobody's ever seen this before and then Clay Thompson to have both of those guys is insane so anyway yeah. here's then, I have 20 Steph Curry stats for you oh my god and my goal is i want to see if if you basically have a podcast orgasm. Not like on the level of what j- happened to Jim Nance last night during the Hillman. Oh, Rogers. Oh, oh, oh. I'm I don't know. That, that he had a good Nance gasm last night. I've had a lot of Steph Curry over the last you Curry know, gasms? 20 games. Yeah, there's, there's been. <clears throat> he might. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to get get a rise out of me. All right. So this is my 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 theory here is that this is the best 20 game stretch in the history of basketball. Good theory. Okay. Um, he's averaging 32, 6, and 5. Right? Handsome numbers. Six assists, five rebounds. Yeah. Only player who's ever done that for a whole season is Jordan in 89 and 90, and that's it. Sure. He's also averaging five made threes a game. As we ca- as we called it in an earlier podcast, this is the What the Fuck Club. It's the WTF yeah. Club. 32, right. 6, 5, and 5. Yeah. This yeah. is inconceivable. It's inconceivable. Right. Yeah. All right, so start there. Um, the 50-40-90 club has always been important to all of us. It's fun. Yeah. It's, but Steph right now is working on the 52-45-94 club. He has an outside chance of creating a 52-45-95 club. Um, only 74 players have shot higher than 45% on threes. And only three other players have made 253s in a season. Ray Allen in 06, and then Dennis Scott, Dennis Scott and George McLeod in that stupid 96 year. Corver um, didn't do it last year? No. I'm really surprised no, by that. 253s. I know. I, I mean, That's he, like three a game, basically. He, he was, I thought he took enough. Uh, um, I'll look it up. I'm, I'm not challenging your stat. I'm just um, surprised that Cor- I was expecting to hear Corver. 
So nobody has ever made four threes per game in a season. He's, he's on pace to make five. Yeah. Nobody's yes, ever he made is. nobody's ever made three hundred threes in a season. He's on pace to, to make four hundred. He's uh, already made more threes. There was what was the stat I heard last night? Manpelt did it. Oh, he I'm, had getting, more I'm getting to that one. Yes. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. I don't want to interrupt. I'm getting warm by the way. You're warming yeah, you're, me up. I know. Yeah, I know. You're yeah. Take take your pants off. Uh I don't need to do that. He's <laughs> he's missed seven free throws all season. He's 116 for 123. <laughs> uh, I, this is a sneaky one. He's averaging 2.4 steals. I just feel like steals is a great player stat. But that's the chaos thing, yeah, right? It's a chaos they, thing. And it's like if you look at Bird and Magic, you look at their numbers and Jordan, like those guys are always getting two, three steals a game just because they're great and they're a step ahead of everybody, you know? And they're like, around, yeah. They're around they're, the ball, they're, they're looking, just doing exactly. stuff. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, right now, he's leading the league in points, field goals, field goal attempts, made threes, attempted threes, free throw percentage, PER, true shooting, win shares, and plus minus. And he's one steal behind Kyle Lowry for first place in steals. Yeah. So all all the, things I don't have right. any blood in the upper half of my body right now. All right. This one might maybe uh, maybe we should have a safe word. If I'm going too far with any of this stuff, just start, just yell pineapple if I'm if I'm taking this too far. This one amazed me. So he's averaging 33.6 points a game per 36 minutes. Yes. Um, so I, I was like, wow, that's that's a really impressive per 36. I wonder how many times Jordan did that. Yes. Zero. Ooh. I wonder how many times Kobe did that. Oh, zero. Um, I wonder how many times this has happened ever. Only once in Wilt, with Wilt in 1962 Wilt. when Wilt averaged 50 a game. That was the only time anyone's had a higher per 36 scoring average than Steph Curry this year. Wow. Ever. Eve, that's not even Oscar was up there? No, no. He's the only one. 33.6. Number two oh all my. time behind Wilt. Oh, my God. Um, He's made more threes than the Heat, the Timberwolves, and the Nets. He's made more threes <laughs> than three NBA teams. Uh, two, two, two and a half NBA teams. He, <laughs> true. He has the highest PR ever, 35.1. Nobody's yeah. ever gotten to 32. Right. Um, 35 PER. I was prepared for that one. No We've players ever cracked PR 32. Before. Yeah, only five non-centers have ever cracked 30. Jordan three times, LeBron four times, Wade once, and T-Mac once. So he's the fifth. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty nice list. MJ three Good times, list. LeBron four times, Wade, T-Mac, Steph Curry. Uh, I don't really totally understand what true shooting percentage is, but he has the highest by a non-center ever. He's at 700. Only Tyson Chandler and Artis Gilmore have ever cracked 700. Uh, we've played 20 games. He has four 40-point games and a 50-point game already. He's made at least eight threes in four games. He's made eight threes in four games. I looked up his 20 games. This was the worst game he had all year, and they almost lost, and they should have lost. And and it's the, it's, I think... Only me and my friend Hershey and eight other people even watched this game, but they should have lost to Brooklyn. Andre Iguodala made a double pump three, and then Lopez missed a two-footer at the buzzer, and it went into overtime. This was Steph Curry's worst game of the year. 13 for 31, five of 16 threes. He scored 34 points. That was his worst game of the year. This is his worst game. That would be Kobe Bryant's best game of the year. I I was going to say, that's just a regular Kobe line from 2010 or 2011. Um. 
All right, three more. For his career, he's averaging 22, 7, and 4 with 47, 44, 90 splits. Mm. That means he has an outside shot. So he's at 47% field goal right now. And let's say he shoots 52, 53% the next three years. Yeah. He might be a career 50, 40, 90 guy in like 2018. Just career 50, 40, 90 club. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Um, The Warriors are averaging 115.3 points a game. That nobody has nobody has approached that number since the '92 Warriors, very near and dear to our hearts. 118.7 points a game. Yeah, the TMC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they the Warriors are also making 43.3 percent of their threes, which needless <laughs> to say is the highest ever. Yeah, and they're making 13.7 threes per game, which is two higher than anyone ever. So they get ever 41 points a game off of three point shots. And then, here, good. and then here's my last stat. Uh, his team started 20 and fucking 0. <laughs> they went all 20 of their games to start the season. This is the best 20-game stretch we've ever seen in the history of basketball, in my opinion. So did you did you come up with any um, portions of seasons that rivaled it, like the Celtics in 86 or the Bulls in 91? No, I mean, I'm sure somebody could. I'm going to issue yeah. the challenge to the uh, to the nerds out there. I'm sure Jordan had some great runs. I'm sure the Celts. I'm sure Bird had some great runs. I'm sure Magic did. Uh, you know, you go through. I'm sure Durant had a crazy run two years ago. He did. Um, but you got to start with: Did you win 20 straight during the run? That's an important. I'm going to say start aspect there. Aspect of it. Yeah. And then all the other stuff that's going on. Like he's just ascended another level. The best thing I read this week was. Uh, by Ben Cohen of the Wall Street Journal, who had a cup of coffee with Grantland way back when. We always liked him. I always thought Ben Cohen was going to do well. I know Uh, this story that you're about to describe. Yeah, he wrote a whole story about how the pregame warm-ups have become a thing with Steph Curry. Yeah. And this is the difference. This has never really happened with LeBron or Kobe. As we were trying to anoint all these next guys after Jordan. Jordan was an event, you remember. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Jordan played. People showed up as soon as they could get in the door. They just want to stare at him as he warmed up. And it feels right. like that's starting to happen now with Curry. Uh, well, and that's what I, the story I, captured. Yeah, it was. It, the story did a great job. I didn't realize that um, there was th- this, this kind of phenomenon actually started last season. I mean, Steph himself, they got a quote. You know, Ben got a quote from Steph that, that you know, this year's been at an entirely different level altogether. Yeah, but uh, you know, people coming because they want to see Steph, and it's it's an incredible moment. We've talked, you and I. I don't want to say talked about. Uh, we talked about it, House, in the pregame meeting. It. Yeah, uh, a few weeks ago, that how how incredible the pregame ritual is. Well, yeah, it's really caught on. Yeah, and uh, Golden State itself is now going to open up its doors. They're saying a half hour earlier than than the ninety minute standard. So that people can get in and get situated before Steph gets gets going with it, and they're going to put it up on the big screen. And you know what's cool about that is I think it, in a weird way, maybe it warms him up for the game because he's kind of on stage already at you know six o'clock, and he's you get out there and you're just comfortable. I think the thing that's really made this interesting, and this is the level that the uh, I, I think only two teams in the last thirty years that I can remember have gotten to. I don't. I didn't see enough of the '87 Lakers during the regular season because they were never on. So I don't know if they got to this point. Um, '86 Celts, '96 Bulls, where they're just killing teams. 
And it's like, and their best players are just sitting for entire fourth quarters. It's so hard to get to that point. That's one part. And then the other part is Curry's having these, you know, 28 point third quarter against Charlotte. But the interesting thing about that was I knew he was going to, I knew they were retiring his dad's number at halftime. Yeah. And I I was running around and they pick up the kids. He's always got soccer practice and, um, but I really wanted to make sure I saw the third quarter because I knew he'd be fired up from the Del Curry thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then he had 28, and he and he had like one, you know, a classic Steph Curry heat check. But my point is like he's built up enough collateral now that it reminds me of the MJ, right? Where if if somebody said something about MJ before a playoff game or something, like, oh, I'm not missing the next MJ game. You know, and Steph is kind of hitting that same thing where you're starting to get a feel for when he's going to go into heat check mode, yeah, which is true. which is a whole other level. Yeah, anyway, yeah. and it's it's it it can come at any moment. I mean, you're you're right that that it was um, a slightly easier to forecast right there from the uh, from the Curry that motion, Charlotte game. All that stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. But but it really takes him two shots it seems like or maybe even just one deep one and he's off and running the thing that i like so much about this and uh it's been observed um by other people is how relatable he is yeah. and how you know this this particular skill set um it really feels like you're going to an exhibition like you're going to it's not quite harlem globe globe trotters or, or like trick shot kind of stuff yeah but uh, um it kind of it it, it is a unique skill that he's so much better at than anybody else that you have to see as much as you can of it and he also happens to be the best player in the league he's kind of mastered shooting almost which i didn't think was possible like bird bird is still the best kind of in traffic heat heat check kind of shooter i'd seen up until curry and but it was always it would always come and go Curry's well, almost it's almost like watching a golfer who's just mastered how to hit a drive down the fairway or something where you're like Jesus right. again you're 350 again right down the middle right 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 like when when uh, Roy McIlroy gets hot and and yeah. Tiger Tiger 10 years ago 12 years ago well and that's I think that's the best comparison for what we're watching is is when Tiger was in that crazy zone yeah 2099 to 2001 or so yeah so I guess my overall point is this has been his 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 uh, his resume has been handed in for him now to be discussed with with the all timers. Well, here, here's the only thing that's missing from the resume, and I'm glad we were talking about Larry Legend a little bit. The the most impressive thing about Larry Legend was how many of those um, heat uh, moments occurred in the playoffs and, and right. with with real stakes. And so we 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 are rooting for. We want to see Steph. Have real stakes to play for, uh, you know the, torn, the, the the streak is pretty good. You know the the, the stakes Streak's keep amazing. going up. Yeah. Um, somebody tweeted out that that, and I hate to even you know look this far down the road, but you you realize that uh, the all time NBA numbers is thirty three, and and <laughs> they play Cleveland on Christmas with thirty for the thirty third. Well, and that's been one of the benefits of this streak is they've avoided San Antonio and Cleveland. Yeah. Right, which has been awesome for them, but they don't play. They don't. If play they play night. on Christmas against Cleveland to to tie the all time league, you know, win streak. I think they're vulnerable without Barnes. 
And I think sure, he's, of hey, course. what's he missing? Two more games? Yeah. Because you could see it in the uh, in the Utah game, which is very losable. Steph had to make a couple big shots to save it, and then a couple other things happened. But um, it's I don't want to say it's a drop-off. It just changes what they are at the end of games. So you put Livingston in there, and he's not the but, same three-point shooter. You put Azili in there, and now the spacing's not the same. It's so that lineup I don't want to look. is so fragile. You know? I know. I don't want to look 21 days ahead, but I kind of do. I kind of want that moment. I I think uh, it's going to have to be just a terrible game by him for the streak to end. Like he's it's, just going to have to miss shots for the whole game. I also, if I'm playing them, I'm knocking him down in the first quarter. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't like Steph that. I, I don't want to see him get knocked down, but somebody's got to knock him down. I think he's pretty tough. I think he's been through it. Teams have tried that. He's been this size his Who's whole career. I think all, all I don't I can't point to any you know one piece of evidence about you know teams that have deliberately gone out and done like well like DeAndre the, knocked him down at the end of the Clipper game, but it just he's you don't want somebody to be this comfortable is my point. But he, he's he, very comfortable. He goes and punishes you at the free throw line, so it's it's True. not a high high uh, a high percentage play. Yeah, this is all true. There's no way to stop them. Really, the, the only way to stop them is is to just get Clay Thompson as high as possible before games, if it, like the night before or something. Just try to take him out with friends. Try to take out the whole Warriors team and just either get them drunk or stoned. I think it's the only, I, the only recourse at this point. I don't think they're a party team. No, I don't think I don't they are either. That, I don't get the impression. I will say, though, it, it is hilarious that Draymond Green is now the league's alpha dog. I think if if all the NBA players are in a club, you have all the superstars are in a club, and there and there's some celebrity girl. I think Draymond has the best chance. I think he I think he, carry, he carries himself like he's the president of the entire country. I've never seen anything I, like it. I know, but he's not ahead of Durant or Westbrook or LeBron. Come on. I don't know, Draymond. Draymond is hilarious. I love Draymond. He is Draymond. the cult of personality. They beat the Clippers a couple weeks ago. I think I told you this. He, and, he, and he just walked down the courtside row and just it was like a like a, a nightclub entertainer saying goodbye to everybody who had, had seen him. It's just he's, He has so much swagger. He's like, we almost need to change the name Swagger to Draymond. Uh, hey, Alex, All right, that's enough. Do you still snore? I do. I think you snore because you don't have a good enough mattress. It could be. Um, my mattress is hard. It's hard. It's too hard. For, it's too hard for my shoulder. That's probably why you snore. You're uncomfortable. It could be. Well, our old friend Casper Mattresses is back, and nice. I bring this up because maybe they'll stop your snoring. They make obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. They sent me one. My God, is it comfortable? Uh, Casper brings together two comfy technologies for better nights and brighter days: latex foam. And memory foam. So their mattresses have just the right sink, just the right bounce, no matter how you sleep. I think Steph Curry has latex foam and memory foam for his three-point stroke. He's got a lot of sink and bounce. I know that much. Yeah. Uh, even better, they have a risk-free trial and return policy. They'll deliver the mattress straight to you. Try it for 100 days. If you're not happy, they'll pick it right back up. Uh, $500 for a twin-size mattress, $950 for a king-size mattress. Comparing that to industry averages, an outstanding price point. And now Very you can reasonable. get... You can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by going to uh, casper.com slash BS and use the code BS. Terms and conditions apply. Casper.com 
slash BS. This is a good product. Like the mattress just shows up at your house. You don't know what it is. You think they mailed you like a five-year-old kid and you this mattress pops out of it. It's amazing. I recommend the Casper mattress. All right. I might have to investigate this one. All right. NFL. Yeah. NFL, uh, you need to clean up after the Curry conversation? You want to have a cigarette? I, I, I was okay with that. I, I held it under control. Okay. Um, we're just going to get to uh, the games that we picked. And I, I urge America to go against me because until the playoffs, I'm just, it's just I'm snake bit this year, and I'm fine with it. You have those yeah. years where you're just going to get your ass kicked. Right. right. I'm barely 500 my own self. You have uh, Miami and Baltimore. Baltimore getting three and a half in Miami. The Dan Campbell era is in a rocky, uh, rocky moment here. The Ravens have no skill position players left at all, and they're only getting three and a half points in Miami. Who do you like? I like Baltimore. I'm not sure why it is that uh, Baltimore is getting an extra point above the standard two and a half home team, uh, home field advantage with Miami. It feels like a, a free extra point. These two teams, to me, seem to be uh, entirely even. Yeah. Um, I don't know why it is that Miami just fired their offensive coordinator, but the uh, instability and organizational chaos continues there. Yeah. And Ryan Tannehill, um, to his credit, is a scintillating six and nine against the spread in in December, which I like very much. Um, yeah. And the the Ravens are five and zero oh against the spread in this series over their last five meetings. That's a nice little nugget. Uh, I like what feels like to me an extra free point above the standard two and a half. I love the Ravens as well. I did not make them one of my picks because uh, they don't have a single person that anyone would start in their fantasy team this week. I, I, I don't. I'm positive that I can't name their starting wide receivers right now. By the way, I got I had Aaron, I have Aaron Rodgers on my West Coast fantasy team, which is <laughs> the one that I have the most at stake in, highest priced one, all that stuff. Yes. The Hail Mary was ten point one points. Oh, yeah. good one. Thank you, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, and thank you, Richard right. Rodgers. Richard Rogers, the Rogers combo. Richard Rogers. Richard Rogers is is one of the more ridiculous athlete names we've had in a while. He had a great game too. He did. He had He's like good. eight catches, like 170 yards, plus a spectacular. That catch really it was, was really great. My favorite Hail Mary ever, other than the uh, Doug Flutie one, obviously, mm-hmm. was uh, the one to Billy White Shoes Johnson where he caught it at the four-yard line and then he had to make moves to get in the end zone. Do you remember that? They used to show I that at the beginning it. of games. I do remember it. Caught it at the four and he had to like ju- juke two guys to get in the end zone. That was, that was my favorite Hail Mary. Uh, my, first, my first of my five is Minnesota is at home laying only a point to the, uh, the Seahawks. And uh, I believe in this Minnesota team. I do not believe in the Seattle team. And I think that line is two points too low. Oh. I think it should be Minnesota by three. I am in the mode now where I'm not even – all I'm doing is looking at lines, and if I feel like I'm getting a deal with the line, I'm just taking the team. I'm not even putting any other factors into it, which is how I've always had success in the past. So I'm going back to the basics. I think that line should be three. It's one. I'm taking the Vikings. So you're not – uh, convinced after the second half performance that Seattle put on last week, that they've turned the you know the proverbial corner, that the thing the see you know we've been waiting for Seattle to, to turn it on like they've done the two previous seasons. The second half of that Pittsburgh game didn't convince you last week. No, because um, I thought Pittsburgh was going to win the game. Mike Tomlin got a little wonky, and Roethlisberger went out at the worst possible time. 
but the 80 yard touchdown to Baldwin, like the game was pretty much over at that point. I I didn't think they were going to win anyway, but that the tackling was awful. I didn't, Seattle scoring a little more than I thought, but I, it seems like it's just still too easy to throw on them. If you just don't throw at Sherman and you throw it against everybody else they have, you're going to move the ball. So well, uh, in this hey, case, Minnesota is going to run the ball on them, and I think they're going to be able yeah. to run the ball on them. Okay. I'm not arguing. Somebody pointed out, maybe I read it on Football Outsider, somebody compared Teddy Bridgewater to Chad Pennington, and I liked it. Like a mobile Chad right. Pennington, how his... He has no, not enough zip on the ball ever, so you always feel uncomfortable, but the ball always gets to where it needs to go most of the time, and then and he can move manager. around. But I like the – Chad Pennington had some good moments, but I think he's, you know – Yeah. I, you know how much I love cross-racial uh, quarterback <laughs> comparisons. Really, my all-time wheelhouse. Uh, all right, you have Tampa, Atlanta. The Bucks are getting one point at home against the so Falcons that, that- who stink. That just changed. So when I sent you this last night, Atlanta was getting one. Uh, it's not going to change my selection. I, I, I'm taking Atlanta. Okay. I'm holding my nose and taking Atlanta. This is uh, all season, really since uh, the Atlanta um, DC Gruden's game. I've been out on on Atlanta. I thought Atlanta was was sort of grossly uh, um, over. I, I don't know what the word is. They were they were. People were giving them way too much credit. They were yeah. not nearly as good as uh, what they were p- producing on the field. And I've had a nice run going against them. I think we finally reached the point where um, they're they're kind of hit. They've hit the bottom. Yeah. Uh, there is a nice um, stat out there. They're three and zero against the spread as a dog. Two and zero against the spread on the road. Three straight. There's a nice stat. Uh, NFL road dogs off of three straight straight-up favorite losses are 6-0 against the spread since 2002, like that one. Atlanta playing for its playoff life. So is Tampa. Uh, but, I, you know, essentially what amounts to a pick with the one on one side or the other, whether it was Atlanta or Tampa getting or giving, it, it amounts to a, a pick Who do you think is going to win? I think Atlanta's going to win. The Red Hot Cousin Sal is also uh, anointed the Falcons as the winner. Oh, of that makes me feel good then. Yeah, I think I like the pick because I'm, you know, I you look at it and you say I'm going to take Tampa. Atlanta sucks, and then you think like, well, all right, what what's Tampa got going on? Well, they 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 lost to your skins in week seven at the buzzer. Basically, they lost by one. They lost to the Falcons in OT. They lost handily to the Giants. They beat the Cowboys ten to six in the last non Tony Romo week. They killed the Eagles, who are a train wreck. And then they, they lost by 13 to Matt Hasselbeck. So it's not even, are, are we sure they're good? It's like, are we sure they're mediocre? Right. And meanwhile, Atlanta, you know, they uh, they beat the Bucks, lost a stupid game to the Niners. They lost by three to Hasselbeck. They, that was a game they easily could have won. And then they lost to a really good Minnesota team last week. Atlanta's so. got a self-defeating streak um, that if they just can can manage cut down on on the, the untimely turnovers. Every turnover is untimely, but Matty Ice has has been really he's good been at throwing a pick at the terrible yeah, worst possible time this season. I have them as two and two with seven games that could have gone either or. Yeah, right. So they're they're middle of the pack, but I, I'm with you. If there's going to be a week they turn it around, it's this week. All right, so. 
Next one. This is, I think, mine only. Uh, Philly and the Pats. Pats are yeah, laying nine and a half. Way. It's just too high. It's it's it a stupid like line. It's too it's, high. They yeah. don't they don't they don't have any skill position players. You're gonna take Gronk out. You're gonna take out Amendola is allegedly gonna play. I don't think they're gonna play him this week. I I would be surprised. No Edelman. The Deion Lewis to James White drop off has been remarkably steep. Sizable. And it's just not the way that offense is right now, especially coming off that Sunday night game. And it's just not a team that's going to win 45 to 10. I don't yeah. think yeah. I I'm, yeah. I'm worried about all of these games. And even if they get up 14, like then you have the cheap touchdown at the end, which they've given up a million times. And you also have Sanchez, who's a borderline train wreck, but has had success over the years against the Pats, especially in new England. They, um, yeah. They're, so there's a bunch of countervailing uh, counterbalancing kind of considerations here. The, the Pats have an awesome against the spread record after a loss. Yeah, Brady in particular. They're um, great at home. Yeah, and they're great at home. And and Philly is an absolute train wreck. They're terrible. I mean, the the you 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 wonder teams that that get on these um, stink stretches like Philly. Um, you know, Detroit was in one uh, a little while ago. Miami had a nice stink stretch. Um, but I, I, you say at some point they're going to turn it around. San Diego just got out of theirs by by playing the awful, uh, the inconsistent Jaguars. But um, the 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 thing that you you say is just nine and a half. It feels like too much. It feels like the line with the with the amount of injuries the Pats have had. It feels like the line should be seven. And if they're going to win this game by more than that, it's going to be because of their defense, not their offense. Right. Yes. And also, I don't know what kind of crowd I'm getting. I'm getting a crowd that's kind of like, oh crap, there's no Gronk, there's no anybody. It's gonna, this game's gonna be a grind. Just let's get through this without Brady getting hurt. Um, and then you also have, they're at Houston next week. That's a pretty tough game with the way Houston's defense is playing. Yeah, they came around that defense. So I think just as somebody who's obviously lives and dies with this, is my football team. They have a habit sometimes of just looking at a week and going, let's just get through this week. And it feels like this is one of those games for them. So I, I like the points. I think the, the, the line's too high. I think they're going to win. But I think between the cheap touchdown possibility and just struggling early possibility, I mean, God, God damn, like when Scott Chandler, the wheel route to Scott Chandler is like your number one play. That's, I'm worried. <laughs> it's, it's understandable. All right, the last three we agree on. Oh, good. Chiefs minus three at Oakland. Who do you have? I have the Chiefs. Me too. I, they're just really they're peaking. They're yeah. They're since October. They're a top five team. I think they're number one in DVOA since October first or something. I, I wouldn't touch this if it was above three, but three just feels like a great number. They're I just loved better. it earlier in the week. It was two and a half earlier in the week. Yeah, they're just better. And they're if better. they blow it, I mean, if there's ever. If we've learned anything about Andy Reid over the years, it's that he sets us up for this specific type of game, almost like a conspiracy, <laughs> where he's carefully orchestrated the last few weeks leading up to us taking Casey minus three and then then doing Andy Reid things and then lose by two. So I, w- I would not bet on this game, but I'm making it one of my five because I don't trust yeah, Andy Reid ever. We, he he actually is a surprising, I saw this in my research, a great road coach against the spread 58 yeah. and 42. 
And weirdly, Oakland, over the last 12 years, are a crappy home team against the spread, 35 and 62. One interesting thing about Oakland, now this is a playoff game for them. They're five and six. It's very conceivable that nine and seven could make a wild card. KC is one of the teams they need to beat for that wild card, and they play KC twice. So if they have any chance of making the playoffs, they have to beat KC one of those two times. That's right. I would I would say this is a borderline kitchen sink game for them. So I like the Chiefs, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it. Next one, Denver, San Diego. Uh we've seen different lines for this. We're we're gonna say Denver for uh minus four. Okay. Four at nine. San Diego. Because it seems like it's somewhere between four and a half, three and a half, four, five. It's yeah, I saw it three and a half when I was looking last night. Yeah. Uh I like Osweiler. I like Osweiler. I think he's good. I think I think Denver's a good. Denver knows who they are now. They're a team that is going to run the ball side to side and throw some screens every once in a while. Take a deep shot. He's a much better quarterback for the team they have with Manning. I was much more scared of him than I would have been of Manning watching them play the Pats. And I wouldn't be surprised if they went on a like a legit run here. I, I like the. Uh, this is probably my favorite pick. Also. They're in San Diego, the the worst home field advantage in the league. San Diego played well last week, so they're feeling a little good about themselves, and they're not a good team. Uh, this line, to me, I was shocked. I thought this line was going to be Denver by seven, so I'm grabbing the points. We're in violent agreement. The line that makes sense is Denver by, by seven, and every kind of power ranking that you look at, the Vegas power ranking indices that you can, can examine uh, – Denver on a neutral field is is a, is is about nine points better yeah. than San Diego. Well, I think we've established beyond a reasonable doubt that San Diego, as a as, at home, is basically a neutral field. Yeah. So you know, if you want to give any points at all, you could say Denver as a seven to, to eight point favorite um, makes sense. San Diego at home now is one four and one against the spread, and the one came in the first game of the season. They are terrible at home now. Counterbalance, warning sign, big public action on Denver this week. Everybody's pounding Denver. And surprising, Phil Rivers, uh, excellent in December. 31-9 and nine straight up over his career in, in December. He likes December because he has to shop online late at night for his kids, <laughs> for, for, for the presents for his eight different kids. So that gets he does him. Have a lot football of becomes a, yeah, football becomes a, a place of he can go to and enjoy. It's his. Place. It's not Christmas he's, shopping. He's not distracted by with all the presents and everything. Is it disrespectful to sing? This is the first time I've taken Denver in a while. I'd li- I might have to sing. In Brock Osweiler's voice, Brock? I think it's yeah, disrespectful. Well, but you can sing anyway if you want. I mean, I you know, I I enjoyed it, and in fact, it was very timely. Last week they had turkey leg. You taste so good. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant, and turkey leg did taste good. I I had two turkey legs on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, all right, last one. Giants, Jets, the battle of New Jersey, the battle for Chris Christie. Uh, the Jets are giving two points. Yeah. Who do you like? The Giants. Me too. I hate when we agree on everything. Well, look, we, you know, these were the games that that popped out. The one I I came close to to getting on, but then it was just too too much sharp. It was just too cute by half for me. Was New Orleans uh, yeah. getting seven at home against 
Carolina, which you know, it's been, I think, 20 years since uh, the Saints have been getting seven at home. Yeah. But I, I just have, I'm, I'm done going against Carolina. I'm not, I'm, done, I'm, not, I'm done considering anything on New Orleans. Screw that team. That's exactly the way I feel. So, look, we're, we're both on the Giants. Um, so what's the, your reason? The, Can I tell you mine? Go ahead. Eli zigs when everyone thinks he's zagging, and Eli zags when everyone thinks he's zigging. So they sucked we're, last week, and now everyone's like, oh, the Giants, it's over. Four offensive linemen are out. There's no way. And this is like exactly when he throws five touchdowns. So they didn't they didn't suck in 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 the fourth quarter either. By the way, uh, no. it was it was vintage Eli. And if he'd had another you know three minutes, the Giants were going to win that game. I mean, it was very unnerving sitting there watching that uh, Sunday afternoon because they were that was a furious comeback. And then the, the other the, the other piece of that is the the Giants lost those offensive linemen, but the the Jets aren't going to have Revis. Cromartie's out. They had to activate D. Milner, the disastrous top ten cornerback pick. Like he might actually be playing. So I think all this stuff cancels it out, and it just looks yeah. like a classic I, Eli game. This is to me, it's it's a pick 'em. These two teams are even. The yeah. difference for me is is Eli in December thirty two and twenty against the spread. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick not as good. 11 and 16, 11, 16 and three against the spread. Um, and I love the thought of the Giants winning this game. And then your team, the Washington professional football team on Monday night with the seemingly cross it off. They have this Dallas sucks. It's over in uh, your home and everybody will be excited and, oh, we're going to kill Dallas. And then it's like, you're down 10 to nothing in the second quarter. Cause Kirk cousins threw a 78 yard pick six. I'm, and I'm people so are nervous. freaking out, and uh, oh my god, maybe we aren't going to be in first place in two hours. I oh, can I feel it. I can feel all of it. I, I mean, the 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 line I saw was Dallas getting four and a half. I mean, yeah. that's just crazy talk. Has, has anybody watched the DC Gruden's this season? Yeah, but Dallas Dallas has uh, Castle. Yeah, but but they 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 they've been in the games. They're not True. going out and just getting blown out. You know, the, the, Romo uh, was responsible for the Thanksgiving blowout. That's that's their their most recent. You know, just plain old beginning to end ass whipping, and that was all Romo. All right, we have to go. Hey, how about it? Thanks again to today's sponsor, Casper Mattresses, obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. Get 50 bucks toward any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash BS and using code BS. Uh, you spend half, about a third of your life sleeping. Maybe in some cases a half of your life sleeping. Let's make sure you're doing it on a good mattress. Casper.com slash BS. Thanks to Dunkin' Donuts, very near to uh, Joe House's heart and my heart. Thank just, you, Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, thank you, Dunkin' Donuts. They just launched their DD Perks loyalty program. It's how Dunkin' Donuts shows its appreciation to its loyal fans because that's how they roll. Members earn points toward free beverage rewards. They get exclusive offers and great perks. They even get a free beverage on their birthday. Sign up at ddperks.com or by downloading the Dunkin' Mobile app. Get a free beverage when you enroll. Use promo code BS when signing up. Participation may vary. Thanks to SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor that just launched a new platform to buy and sell event tickets. Learn more at SeatGeek.com slash BS. Thanks to HBO, which gave me a show that's launching next spring. Thanks to Joe House. This was fun. Do you need to clean up after the Curry conversation or you're Thank fine? Thank you. No, no, I... I... I won't describe what level of enthusiasm I experienced. It was high enthusiasm, but yeah. not, you know, extraordinary. I have some, Maybe this will finish you off. Uh, my mom came over on Tuesday night, and she made homemade, oh. Oh. homemade chicken parm. Oh, oh. 
<laughs> and it oh. was it was so good that oh. all of us ate and I don't do this anymore but I did this time where it's like you know you're done eating but you're like I'll have a half half a chicken more and I know I'm going to be feeling it in two hours and my stomach can't accommodate this extra food but it's so good I don't want to stop eating it chicken yeah. parm you taste so good enjoy the weekend uh, play us out Tupac we about this bitch anytime y'all want to see me again rewind this track right here close your eyes and picture me rolling